finally, 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 everybody, the time has come. The time has finally gotten here, and it is finally basically over. E3 2017 is now over with, and hey, that means the aftermath has a cometh. And that means this episode of the E3 Gamer Audio Cast 2017 is called Aftermath. And boy, it was an E3 show. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of news, a lot of stuff just dropping. And, um, well, I'm here to talk about each and every one of it. Or at least is, um, you know, I got a nice little list here of stuff to talk about. And, uh... Wow, how did you guys think about E3 2017 this year? I thought it was interesting. Um, I've been listening to all this hubbub about the public actually attending E3 this year. And I just got to say is I'm glad that I didn't waste my money on uh, E3 this year. If I wanted to go in and see the show, I, I, I'd rather save my money and watch it in my comfort of my own chair in my house and not be... Oh, I spent this much money over to get into E3, and then I spent this much money on a hotel and all this, and all I got to play was some game that has already been out for a long time. Yeah, I don't think so. So if I did decide to eventually kick my heels and actually try to get a press pat, press badge or something to get into E3, that would be the way I go. So I could go behind the scenes, go behind the back doors of the comp industry itself, talk to the developers, talk to all the people that make the games that I love to play, and see what kind of technology that they're using, uh, that they're developing for the games. You know, me, I can understand. I don't want to see finished... Well, I do would like... I would... Excellent. I would love to see finished games on the show floor, behind the scenes, if they're showing it privately or something. But, you know, I understand that a lot of games aren't finished. I understand a lot of stuff. And that's one of those things that all those developers fear. And what the industry fears is if a person, a regular Joe Schmo, like, well, I'll say myself for now. And they go in and they look at these games and they're like, oh, this game looks like shit because it's not, you know, it's not fully done and realized yet. And then they take an impression, an impression of that stuff and... After the game comes out, they're, they're already bad-mouthing it. And, yeah, I can understand that could hurt the game and the industry and stuff as a whole. And, um, yeah, a lot of those people should definitely not go to E3 or even try to get behind closed doors. Because those are the people that are uh, closed-minded. See, if you show me a game and the peop- characters were all wireframed, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Because <laughs> I'd like to see how the characters are moving in the game, how the game was developed from the ground up. I'm one of those people that likes to not only see the game as what it turns out as a result, I like to see what the game is before that final, you know, before that final makeup and polish is put on there and then stamped and gone out to the public as a game. Just like how we seen um, when they showed Jurassic World, that Jurassic World trailer in the beginning, in the early trailer that they showed, the teaser trailer or whatever it was, and then people were saying, oh, that uh, Palasaurus, I think it was the Palatosaurus or something. I forgot what it's called, the underwater dinosaur Palatosaurus something. Uh, don't, don't, don't remind me, people. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, but the big dinosaur that was under the water, they were saying, oh, that looks so not good. The CG isn't good. It looks fake. Oh, this movie's going to suck and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, 
well, it looks good. And they still got a lot of time to go ahead and polish the movie up, polish the CG up. This was just an early rendition just to get out to the public so they can see it. But everybody took it as, oh my god, this is going to suck. This this dinosaur really looks like it's badly developed or whatever. And I'm looking at it I'm like, well, I'm guessing that they just didn't finish the polish. Like, this was an earlier earlier film or whatever, you know. And I, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll say how it is. I'm sure they'll fix it. They'll polish it up. And then when the final movie comes out, it'll look great. And then sure enough. When they showed it, the new trailer with the dinosaurs and the pletosaurus or plelosaurus or whatever it's called under the water, um, when they showed that again, it, it looked pretty damn good. It looked night and day from that. So you got to think of it that way in the terms of showing off games at E3, going to E3. I don't know. The E3 wasn't made for the public, I guess. It was made for the industry and people that buy the games, that make orders on these games so they can put them in their stores, so they can sell it to us for ridiculous prices and stuff. Yeah, that's that's what that show is for. Not for us, unfortunately. Um, but in my unique case, I like to get deeper into the industry. I like I'm like the rest of the press, or most of the press, I should say. You know, I like to be that Jeff Gersman or somebody or Jeff uh, Jeff Keeley or something like that and get in there, go behind the scenes, see how this game was made from the ground up. I want to see everything on that. I want to see the most horrible stuff they had, the good stuff they have. You know, show me what, how the game is developing. That's what I want to see. And that's how I will report on it. Not, oh, this game looks horrible. It's not done, blah, 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 blah. Because you know what? That's that's not an opinion that anybody can make. Unless if they said strictly that the game is done, this is the final thing, and then we're going to just, you know, go put it out in the post. We're fixing some bugs. Then I could say, well, okay, this game does not look that good, blah, blah, blah. Then I could take out, you know, take my two cents out and say, okay, this game definitely isn't polished enough or something. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not big into that whole thing and I, yes i don't know how i don't know if they're gonna do something next year if they're gonna plan on something bigger next year for the public to to be able to attend e3 maybe the pr- press conferences or something like that i don't know i doubt it but uh i wonder what they're gonna do uh, in the future for that stuff because uh i'd be very interested in uh you know in the future i'd be interested to attend get some mini meet in the meetings meetings in with uh you know, developers, game developers and stuff, and see what they're cooking behind the, the rooms there for me. And, you know, ask them the real questions. But, you know, that would cost me some money and a lot of money and time and stuff. Uh, I could get the time. I could take the vacation. It's just how much is it would it cost me to get in. And especially, you know, you got to start planning early. you got to start planning like now. Because this is when E3 stops. You gotta start planning for next year. You gotta start booking. You gotta start calling, trying to get your press badges and you know all that stuff. Try to register to pre-register or something to get your name in there so you can see if they'll accept you into that limelight. And as they consider, well, who's press and who isn't? Well, me, I'm a blogger. They consider me a blogger or a webber, webber. <laughs> um, but I've been doing this for years. I've been doing this for over five plus years now. 
I've been podcasting, doing stuff, reporting on stuff, talking about games and stuff like that. And you know what? I think I could qualify, even though I'm not a big, 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 you know, celebrity or anything. I'm not big in the games industry at all. And, you know, I just do a little website with a little podcast and stuff. I don't sell anything to anybody. You know, it's probably harder for me to get in there, but you never know. I could pay, probably get a, a badge or something to get in there, bring my camcorder and camera and, you know, and write down some notes and, you know, whatever. And, you know, have one-on-one chats or, you know, have a little show going on and talking to them about, you know, what goes on at E3, you know, and talk to each developer and stuff if they have time for me and get to know what 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 makes them tick and what they have plans for in the future and the past and, you know, all that great stuff. Because I, I want to talk about all that stuff. So, uh, I don't know, maybe in the future, I don't know. I keep thinking about it. That's that's one of my things that I would love to do. I just don't want to become just buy a ticket and become one of the public and not do anything. I, I want to actually get back there and report on stuff. And look at stuff and give some my opinions on stuff. Maybe give them more ideas or something. You know, help them out. Because I want these games to be great when they come out as well. Because I want to buy them. Because I love buying and playing games. And they want to sell me games. So, why not? So, I don't know. E3, I think, has just been a, a big clusterfuck this year. Because the public's in there. And I heard a lot of people saying that... Eh, yeah, the public sometimes is not, you know, they're not the best of people. They, they can tend to come in and annoy people, and they don't know what they're doing, and they think that they that because they paid for this ticket that they get everything that E3 has to offer. And the ESA, Electronic uh, Software Association, they didn't do any of a good job at all on making those set of rules saying okay your ticket to e3 only includes this stuff you can only do this stuff and then you can't do the blah 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 blah. and then there's this itinerary or something and you can tend to do this do that but you can't do all this stuff they didn't do a very good job at that they just figured well we'll let them all figure it out for themselves and everybody was clueless everybody didn't know what they were doing and I heard there was some disappointment, a lot of disappointments or whatever, and I'm like, well, duh, duh, people, duh. You might have the money for the ticket and to go there and have the hotel and all that, but apparently you didn't figure out what you were going to be able to do or not do because you didn't make the homework and you thought, oh, because I paid for this money for this ticket, I should be able to go see whatever I want. Well, reality check, you didn't. So, uh, I do not have any love for those people. I think those people just are clueless and, um, they don't care, they don't care about the industry as much as what, how I care about the industry. They just want to get in there and try to play early games and stuff like that. Yeah, I would love to too, but, you know, I'd also report on other stuff as well at E3. So, there you have it. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, E3 is one of those things, you know, they got those other game conventions out there, like Gamescom and stuff, and then you got your your comic book conventions and all that, like, uh, it, it, it's just one of, another one of those things, and another thing that bothers me, I hate that E3 is always in LA, in Los Angeles, it's, everything's always in Los Angeles, 
why can't E3 be like over here, New York or something? You know, I, I can't say Buffalo because I don't think nobody wants to come to Buffalo, but over here on the east side once in a while. But it's always at LA Convention Center, blah, 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 or whatever. And I know that's usually the home for E3, but it's kind of stupid. I'm sick of everything being in LA because it's all Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. Even though Hollywood isn't really Hollywood in Hollywood anymore. It's just a gross representation in how the industry should, you know, focus on other stuff. Even even if they didn't have a E3 live show showing anymore and they weren't showing off all that stuff there. You know, doing your own video presentations, doing your own uh, press conferences is a great idea. You know, you could do something like a treehouse like Nintendo does or do something live like Bethesda and all them do. You know, and uh, that... that goes the extra distance and puts out more content to more viewers out there instead of having expensive booths and all this other stuff that most of the people don't see except for the very rare few or if somebody does a video presentation on E3 and they go walking around the E3 show floor showing off how everything looks. Otherwise, most of us don't get to see any of that. And I think that's ridiculously stupid right there. Um... So, yeah, E3 has its ups and downs. And, uh, you know, I just focus on seeing what cool games, hardware, whatever comes out of E3. So I can eventually say, okay, I'm going to buy this, 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 this. Keep my list growing on things to buy. So, E3, end of E3, new E3 2018, dates have been revealed. According to the sign... On display at the Los Angeles Convention Center, the Electronic Entertainment Expo will return next year, of course. Um, And it will be running from June 12th to the 14th. So, one, like, only three days. So, it usually runs for four days. It usually runs from Monday to, uh, to Thursday, right? Monday to Thursday. Sometimes Friday, but they didn't even do that. So... The 12th to the 14th, um, why is that? Why? What's wrong with Monday? Monday is usually all those other press conferences. Or or do they usually say that the pre- E3 is always open on Tuesday? I don't know. It's weird to how, how they do it because I always think that Mondays were part of E3, but now it's like in its own quasi-loop of no, and that now the press conferences are starting on Saturdays now and moving from Saturday to Sunday to Monday and Tuesday, it's like, okay, uh, let's get this right, people. And why doesn't it go to Friday? You would think it would. It should go all the way to Friday, so then after Friday you can close everything up on the weekend and get everything redone. I don't know. I think three days is okay, but you got other conventions that go on for a week or more, depending on the convention. And you would think this would be one of those conventions where you would... Uh, have more people wanting to go and you would want to keep it open a bit longer but oh well i don't make those decisions somebody else does so uh yeah e3 e3 so i i wrote down a list here of all the predictions all the stuff that i had written down here uh of when i first did my E3 Gamer audio cast the, the beginning, basically the first, the start of the E3 Gamer, the pre-show. Um, 
I've made a lot of predictions and stuff and uh, talked about a lot of stuff that I thought that we would see at E3 this year or hear about at E3 this year. And I wanted to go through them all again with you and uh, see what if I, how many I got correct, how many I didn't get correct, see if uh, I'm actually good at predictions. Because I don't know. I might be or I might not be. Okay, everybody, so let's see what I uh, predicted correctly this time around. I don't know. My, my predictions aren't usually the best, but hey, at least I make some pretty clever ones. So, my first prediction, which <laughs> I gotta say, I'm pretty sure I was... Cr- I'm not pretty sure. I was dead on correct, pretty much. I predicted that $499.99 would be for the Xbox One X before I knew it was the Xbox One X. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be, you know, this new console is going to be $499. It's going to be a $500 console. It's not going to be no $399 or something like that. No, they gotta, they're going to at least make some money. And all those components inside the Xbox One X, that, that that's some pretty expensive stuff. You got some, you know, new memory technology alone in there is expensive. And not to mention the multi, the graphics chipset in there and stuff yeah so i figured well 500 bucks for the next gen console just like the original xbox one was when it first came out when it first launched that's going to be the price and a lot of people were like oh i think it's going to be 399 they have to stay competitive i'm like no they don't no they don't they just need to come out with a console that plays 4k games and stuff and does what it's supposed to do and yes i was right on that i was right on that prediction uh then i also predicted if that there will be a new fallout game from bethesda's partner obsidian entertainment just like how new vegas was the follow-up to um to fallout 3 and i shouldn't have put fallout 4 i put i meant fallout 3 in here i don't know why i wrote 4 i must have been just thinking of 4 a lot and no, that did not happen. Bethesda did not announce or talk about anything Fallout related. They did talk about Elder Scrolls Online, but they did not talk about any Elder Scrolls or Fall, Fallout uh, New Vegas type of game from Obsidian. And I don't know what Obsidian Entertainment is working on right now, but I always thought it was going to be another Fallout game for us. For the end of the summer or fall or something, but I was wrong on that. It's kind of sad because I would have... Love to see, like, another Fallout-ish game from another, you know, developing party or something. That was pretty cool. So that was a no on my part. Um, Then I predicted that there would be an announcement from Nintendo on a Mario Maker Switch game coming to the Nintendo Switch and a Super Smash Bros. Switch uh, Deluxe um, ports from the Wii U. Or anything, either a new Mario Maker or Super Smash Brothers or ports of them, doesn't matter, from the Wii U. And that was a hell no. Nothing, they said nothing or commented on nothing about any Smash Brothers or Mar- Maker uh, on the Switch yet. Uh, they did talk about that they were considering more t- Wii U titles to become games for the switch down down the road that they would have to see and see how the popularity or whatever they they, they, they're just predicting and i'm like well nintendo you're not very good at determining on what games and what things should be coming to your systems you haven't been very good at that 
but I guess that's what they're doing. It is sad, but that is a thing, at least for now. You never know. That could, that hell no could change to a, okay, yes, <laughs> because I'm sure they want to sell more copies of Mario Maker. I'm sure they want to sell uh, tons of copies of Super Smash Brothers. And if you can easily port them to be playable on the Nintendo Switch from the Wii U, why not? Tweak a few things, add a few things, make them a Switch game, and people will buy them in droves. I bet you those two games would sell like hotcakes on the Switch. I know I'd buy both of them, so you got me as a purchaser. Um, So that was in Hell No. And then the next Tomb Raider game would get announced, because we all heard rumors about, oh, somebody seeing the next Tomb Raider title on a laptop, and what are these companies doing around Square Enix? Is who's making the next uh, Tomb Raider game? When is it coming out? Even if it was just a trailer. And that was a big no-no. We did not see no Tomb Raider game stuff at all. Another bummer. I always, I wish I would have seen a new Tomb Raider game. It was, it's about that time, but maybe it'll come out next year. Um, so a big Halo surprise will be announced, even though the next Halo game is a bit off. But I thought because they have an anniversary coming up and all that, and that you know they are working on the next Halo game, maybe they're going to have a sneak peek trailer or something. Anything at all, just to celebrate Halo and all that. But nope. 343 Industries basically... Uh, wimped out. They went nowhere on this. No, there was no uh, no announcements, no little sneak peeks, no nothing, not even a celebration at all for the Halo franchise. And, uh, oh, 343, what the hell are you guys doing over there? What the hell? I, didn't, I wasn't expecting, like, a Halo 3 remaster or anything like other people were. They were like, oh, I think it's about time they did a Halo 3 remaster or... Or a Halo 4 something, you know, definitive edition or something. I'm like, "Mm, no, they don't have to do that. But uh, I was thinking of hoping, I was hoping for something. At least a little something, you know, a little tidbit. But sadly, nothing had been announced. Um... Let's see, Microsoft will have a lot of games to show off at this year's E3 because, you know, they got this new hardware and all that. And I'm like, well, they're going to talk about a lot new of new games coming out. And, oh, hell yes. they Microsoft had, the, in my opinion, one of the strongest uh, press conferences out there uh, next to probably Nintendo, uh, which is surprising. But, yes, and... Uh, yeah, Microsoft, uh, you know, really brought the games in. They showed off, they talked about and showed off the Scorpio a little bit, or the Xbox One X a little bit. And then it was game, games, games, more games, 40 minutes of games plus, And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if they're indie games or full-blooded AAA titles. They, they, showed, they brought the game. They brought the games, people. And uh, I'm glad that they did because it, it was interesting and in all the interesting games that we would be getting down the road even if a lot of them weren't in the 2017 time frame but we would be seeing some of these games in the near future that's pretty cool so oh hell yes they showed us some stuff and then i predicted that um by seeing the logo because i on twitter i follow phil spencer which is the head of xbox the xbox games division 
And I saw that he changed his Twitter photo to an original Xbox symbol. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for E3 this year. I'll see you all there. I got a big surprise and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking. I'm looking at the original Xbox logo. I'm like, oh, he's going to do that this year? He's going to bring back. He's going to bring original Xbox title backwards compatibility for us on Xbox One. And I'm like, that's got to be it. Because why else would he have a, a logo changed into his old logo for the whole the whole mission and stuff, you know? For the whole, oh yeah, we're going to show off these games and we're going to show off all his backwards compatibility. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that he would be showing that off. After seeing that, I'm like, I was positive. I even tweeted to him later, Ron, after E3. I'm like, yeah... That whole reveal of the original Xbox games, it, I kind of figured you would do that because you had the logo change. And I don't know how many people actually saw that logo change back to the original Xbox logo and all that and, you know, put two to two together on that stuff. I'm sure there was a few people, but I don't know how many. I'm sure a lot of people had just uh, missed it altogether. But I, I, found, I figured it out and... I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to announce the original Xbox backwards games backwards compatibility. Even though it's going to be very limited in games and what's going to be backwards compatible due to the fact that it's all because of our damned uh, rights issues. You know, these, these rights issues are atrocious and they have been for a very long time. And, you know, yeah... You know, it's it's not a good thing, but oh well. At least he announced it finally. It was talked about being in the works eventually, or being talked about, and they said they could do it, and uh, yeah, we're going to have not as many Xbox original titles as backwards compatible titles on the Xbox One, but we'll have a few. We'll have the good ones, I guess, they said. So um, I'm interested in seeing what the, happens with that. So that was a yes on Xbox Original Games Backwards Compatibility. And then I predicted that the Xbox One X would release on November 10th, 2017. I was wrong and right on this issue. I was right on it being released in November, but I was wrong on the date. I was wrong. I predicted that it would be the 10th. It was the 7th, which is a Tuesday. So I should have figured, well, okay, I picked the 10th because that's a Friday and usually a game, I thought game hardware would come out on Fridays compared to games coming out on Tuesdays usually. But I was wrong. Um, that was the 7th. I should have picked it. Um, I guess I'll pick that in the future. I'll pick the Tuesdays of that month that they're going to do it in. And then, uh, you know, Tuesday the 7th. So... There you have it, folks. And then I predicted that Crackdown 3 would finally get announced fully for 2017 of this year. Um, and that would be a yes. Uh, it finally got fully announced. It's going to come out soon in October sometime. And, um, yeah, it's 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 a game. It is coming. Um, what else? Do I have any more predictions that I might have thought about? That I didn't say. Hmm. No, not nothing I could think of at the moment. Oh well. So, uh, how did I feel about what's going to the press conferences? 
how did I feel about the press conferences of 2017 for each, each, uh, you know, each conference or each um, publisher, so on and so on. Well, EA, usually they're a snore fest. Usually all they do is talk about sports and talk about their financials and stuff, and then they talk very few games. Oh, excuse me, I'm still a little tired from the week. And they, I feel like they would still be talking about their financials, they would talk about some games, and, you know, it would be all sports, and there would be nothing I would really care about in that. I was wrong. They had a few great titles, or good to great titles that I was interested in, and um, they they brought their A game this time. They didn't do a long, super long, boring presentation that I would be like, oh my god, when's this going to be over? It was actually okay. Um, they actually showed off Star Wars Battlefront, the second Star Wars Battlefront, and um, they showed off a trailer and all that, and what it would do. I wish they would have showed more gameplay because nobody really showed any gameplay, which that, that really pissed me off a bit that nobody really shows off too much live demo gameplay on stage. It's all pre-recorded stuff, making videos and movies and stuff and showing it off to people. That's not a, an ideal way to to show off your stuff and promote your content and stuff with the masses. Um... Then they had some EA original titles, which were pretty cool looking. And, you know, they switched back and forth on a lot of stuff. And then they went back finally to um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And they didn't show any single player, which I thought they would have showed off some uh, single player of Star Wars Battlefront 2. But no, they showed the multiplayer. So I was kind of a little bit bummed about that because I wanted to see some some single player campaign action going on and they did not bring that to me they only brought me multiplayer so wasn't that wasn't that big you know wasn't that big but it's still good yay you did a good job this year I, I hopefully next year you'll do even better but Let's just say you stepped up your game this time. It wasn't uh, a whole clusterfuck at your EA press conference where it's just talking about games and financials, games and financials, saying that we're the best, blah, 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 selling this and that, and me just falling asleep on top of you guys because it it'd be so boring. But you did good. You got a good for me. EA, good. Good job. Okay, and then next up... It- for Microsoft, um, and you all know, yes, I, I I can admit it, and I still do every time I do a podcast on gaming, and you guys can shut up about it because it's not going to change anything, and everybody can have their favorites, uh, but my favorite, my Microsoft guys, they they always bring a good show, and you know, Phil Spencer, he cares about gaming. He is a gamer, he cares about gaming, he's passionate about the industry, and you know, he showed nothing less but excellence. And I'm going to move this mic back because I'm closer to it right now. And I don't want to get too much feedback from it. Uh, but they, Microsoft once again brought their A game this year. Tons of games. They talked about before their show that they would be talking, that they'd be even going longer in the show, a bit longer than they thought they would uh, originally because they had more stuff to talk about. They had more games. Uh, and yes, 
a lot of people are like, well, they showed a lot of indie games. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. It's indie. It doesn't matter if it's an independent game or a AAA title. It's a game, right? It's a new game, right? Yes. Then they showed a ton of games. And this nowadays, this is the days of the indie. The indie is the new thing around here. It's not the... It's not that... Uh, that whole, oh, yeah, we're going to have a AAA title. If it's not a, a published uh, correctly title, we cannot consider it a, a game for this council. And nah, they, they did it all. They had a games. They had Crackdown. They had a lot of stuff. They had their next Forza got game. They showed off the Xbox One X, which was the Scorpio. Announced its price at the very end, snuck it in there. So people wouldn't realize it too much, blah, blah, blah. It was a great E3 for uh, Microsoft and for all of us. And I'm still yawning. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, um, yes, it was, a, it was a great game. I enjoyed it immensely. And, um, yeah, um, Microsoft brought their A game. So I definitely gave them a great on that. I think they did a superb job. And um, I, I would not think anything less. Now, next year, who knows what they're going to bring to the table. Even though they didn't have any Gears or Halo or something like that, they had my Crackdown. That's that's all I wanted was Crackdown. That's what a lot of us wanted was Crackdown. That's what they wanted to show us. And uh, that's what we got, Crackdown. Crackdown 3 with Terry Crews. He's going to be in the game. <laughs> He's a playable character, yes. <laughs> um so Microsoft, you did a great in my book. Uh, then even though EA started on Saturday and Bethesda was on Sunday, um, Bethesda had their conference this time on Sunday. Microsoft as well. Usually all three of these guys all happen on Mondays, but now they're all on Saturday and Sundays and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's crazy that they want to go into the weekend, but hey, maybe it's not so crazy. More people probably got to watch their shows because they weren't working during the week. Hmm. Very smart. Except Bethesda did theirs at midnight, and that was kind of a late. They should have did it at, like, 10 o'clock. Especially because the Bethesda one wasn't so long. They should have had it at 10 o'clock. It would have been a lot better for them and for me. Not having to stay up till 1 in the morning watching their press conference. Uh, but Bethesda brought some games. They showed off some new stuff. They just pretty much advertised for a lot of their old stuff um but they had a lot of interesting games uh that i would probably be interested in um let's see here uh the new wolfenstein game looks very trippy ish it looked very uh well out of the ordinary i don't know how how can you say that uh, about a game especially a bethesda game it was uh, really interesting, trippy, a lot of drugs and shooting. Uh, maybe it was just that typical game that uh, everybody would come to love. You know, it was it was a pretty good game. Uh, I guess I don't have any show regular show notes for it, so I'm trying to go back into what made Bethesda Bethesda this year. Um, they did show off a little bit. Well, they showed a trailer for Skyrim for uh, the Switch. Of course, they're porting Skyrim for the Switch. And it's going to have some Amiibo support. They're going to be able to put Amiibos on the thing to 
get in-game items uh, in Skyrim from your Switch and your Amiibo thing. You could use your Joy Cods to do that double hand-holding. What else? They had another game. I forgot what it was. That seemed interesting from Bethesda. Um, hmm. It must have not been that big of a game if I can't remember it right now. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, Bethesda was okay. They they had a handful of games. It seemed like they should have just did a video presentation and just put it up on the internet for people. I don't know why they rented out a big hall and invited all these people in there just to talk about a, a couple games and stuff from them. You know, I know they also talked about a little bit their Fallout 4 and Doom VR projects and stuff like that. Like, who gives a shit about that stuff? Um, yeah. Uh, Bethesda, you got an okay. You got an okay because your press conference was just okay. It wasn't... A lot of stuff wasn't brought to the table. A lot of new stuff or anything like that. It was just... An okay presentation. And that's okay. You guys can't always bring your A games. Uh, you brought that Wolfenstein game. That's That that brought a lot of extra oomph to your presentation at the very end. That whole, uh, that whole Bethesda land. Eh. Kind of weary on it. They have that Dishonored uh, 2 or Dishonored... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Second Story going on I guess but I don't know I don't know anything else uh, I think Bethesda's rest of their titles were just eh compared to what Microsoft brought to the table and even what EA brought to the table so I give Bethesda an okay an okay presentation so now on to Ubisoft okay so what can we say about Ubisoft well they're crazy people they're crazy, crazy French people. And this year, I was kind of bummed. I was kind of bummed out. Why is Mr. Mike bummed out about Ubisoft's press conference? Even though it was a very good press conference. I, I even put down Ubisoft did a good job at the press conference. Well, you know, a certain somebody did not attend or come to this. Uh, they didn't invite this year for uh, Aisha Taylor to come back as a host for Ubisoft this year. And it was kind of a, you know, semi of a bummer a bit, you know, with all the goofiness and all the dancing and all the other stuff that they did. I was kind of bummed out that Aisha Taylor didn't host uh, this year's uh, this year's um, Ubisoft conference. And uh, hopefully they bring her back next year. I know they were saying, well, we want more diversity and, uh, and you know, new stuff. We can't keep bringing out the old same old people, but. Shit, this is Aisha Taylor. She's not. She's very damn good looking on the eyes. They're just jealous because she's taller than them. That's all. Because she's a tall, tall woman and they're very short as French people. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ubisoft. I know Yves Gillamon is probably like, hey, Mr. Mike, I, I, I'm really. I'm normal size. She's she's just taller. And yes, but she brought some life to the your press conferences I, I thought it was good that you guys had her on all this time and this time she wasn't there but you know what we moved on they still had their silly just dance uh panda bears and stuff and cheerleading girls and weird people dancing in um on stage and then uh some sing singer this 
sing singeress this female singer on there i don't know who the hell she was never heard of her in my life she was singing for that uh but they brought out their a game because they had a few good titles themselves they had a a lot of more than a few good titles they they had um well as i can go back to my show notes i'm trying to go back to my show notes to give you guys the best that i can offer you here um let's see here do 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 Okay, well, they talked about, they kicked off the show with the rabbits. And I love me some rabbits. I know a lot of people are like, oh, those rabbits are stupid, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that's because the minions came out and everybody likes the minions, but I like the rabbits. I think the rabbits are the minions for Ubisoft. You know, for Rayman, Ubisoft. And now the rabbits are meeting Mario. And the thing that they were teasing or not teasing that was basically uh uh pre you know it was leaked was mario plus rabbids kingdom battle which nobody knew what the hell that game was going to be about if it was even a game and then when they brought the rabbits on the stage and then they had mario and then they had shigeru miyamoto come up on stage and then we found out he helped work on this you know give him ideas on this game Ubisoft to give them ideas and pointers and stuff on what kind of game they should be making. And um, it just went off the, the rocker because this was like one of those games where, oh, because Ubisoft's always making games for Nintendo's platforms. Whatever they are, you know, Yves Gilman and Ubisoft crew always has a game for their new platform just for them at, over at Nintendo, no matter how well it's received or not. They always have a, a game for them. And um, this time, Nintendo, I don't know how the deal went down, but I guess Nintendo says, hey, you guys are so nice to us. You guys always making games for our systems, even the Wii U that didn't do jack shit because it's a piece of crap. We want to return the favor to you guys, and we're going to let you use our license for Mario. So Mario, Rabbids, XCOM-ish type of game. Mario plus Rabbids bat, Kingdom Battle. Um, I might not be the the best at those kind of XCOM type of games, the cover based games where you're just covering and then you're doing a strategy to try to get around and shoot, kill the other foes or whatever, blast away or or disintegrate or whatever they want to con- consider calling it this time around. Uh, but yeah, I think. Um, they got something going on here. This Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle looks like a really good game. A very good game. And I hope they. I hope it comes off great. I hope it comes off as a great game because I am going to pre-order that game. I am going to purchase that game. It's going to be one of those very few titles that I actually purchased from my Nintendo Switch. And that's going to be one of them. Just to say I own this weird game. Doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I just want to own it. And I think they're they, not saying that they dumbed down the gameplay as I was listening or watching the other after the conference videos that they were talking about, oh, this is going to be a lot easier for newer players that aren't good at XCOM and stuff like that. These are going to be a lot different types of strategy, a different type of strategy game, a little easier strategy game. And I'm like, okay. So it's made for people like me that can't fucking do these kind of games <laughs> at all very easily without dying. So um, I'm glad. 
I'm glad, and I can't wait to play it and try it out. It looks very colorful. looks really, really funny. looks like a funny instance. And, um, yeah, this is going to be a game for me to actually uh, get and play for them. So, Ubisoft, you got one game sold to me. And then there was other games that caught my eye, like uh, that pirate game. And it was it was basically based off of Black Flag's um, ship-to-ship battle mode in the game. And it's made by the, the group that basically created and programmed the ship-by-ship battles in the Assassin's Creed Black Flag game. That sequence and the, doing all that stuff. So now they're making a, a ship battles game called Skull and Bones. Which looks a lot like something that Black Flag did, but it's its own game. Uh, you can become a pirate kingpin. It's a five versus five gameplay. Uh, lots of cannon firing, ship to ship ramming, and whoever has the most loot at the end wins. Um, let's see here. Oh, you can also after you take down a ship, another ship. Uh, to a point, you can uh, board the ship and kill and plunder off of the ship. I thought that was pretty sweet. And, um, yeah, it, it looked pretty cool. It looked really interesting. Uh, then they were showing Assassin's Creed Origins, which is basically Assassin's Creed in uh, in Egypt. So that was pretty cool, even though I'm not a big Assassin's Creed guy at all. Like, I never really played through an Assassin's Creed game at all. But, hey, they showed some interesting stuff. And it was, you know, it was the shortish, uh... It was a shortish show. It was like an hour, I think. But they showed off a good amount, and, uh... I think that Rabbids plus... That Mario plus Rabbids Battle Kingdom, that stole the show. That stole the whole show right there. Because nobody knew what it was, and people were like, what? This is actually coming out? And then when we all find out what it is and when it's coming out, who actually helped make it, which Nintendo, I'm sure, was very closely working uh, with uh, Ubisoft in making this game because they don't want any of their properties or their licenses go the way of how that Super Mario Bros. movie did, which I still think it's very funny and cool from the time, but it was a horrible movie, but still one of those things. And, you know, Nintendo wants to be... They want their games and their properties to be good they want them to be good they don't want them to be horrible so a lot of efforts probably been put in i think they said three plus years to make this kingdom battles this rabbits plus uh, mario kingdom battles game and well it looks very polished it looks very interesting and i can't wait to pick it up and i think it's coming out this august yeah it's coming out august so uh this august it's gonna be uh, a really good time to be a gamer really good time to be a gamer let's see here let me see. What was uh, the time it was coming out exactly? Hold on. Uh, August 29th, 2017 of this year. There we go. So August 29th this year, I will be looking forward to playing Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Or, or Rabbit's plus Mario Kingdom Battle. Whatever it is. <laughs> it's just going to be a fun, crazy game. So I gave you soft a good, because, you know... They showed off what they had to show off. They showed a whole bunch of other games that people like and stuff like that. Not necessarily what I like. They showed off some new ideas. They showed the crew too. They showed that ste- steep expansion bull crap, which 
I'm surprised anybody plays that game. Uh, they didn't talk about any Watch Dogs or anything like that because that Watch Dogs 2 just came out last year. Um, and a few other things they talked about, but it was a good presentation. I didn't fall asleep during it. I was interested, especially with that uh, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom battle. Such a great name. <laughs> uh, and Miyamoto, he had a great time on stage with uh, Yves Gilmont. They, they had their own little their own little gun weapons, their own bullet bills slash whatever gun weapons out playing around. Uh, it, was, it was fun. It was fun times. Now we go on to Sony. Oh, Sony. You just... Sony, you're just disappointing me more and more every time you guys do a press conference or you say something in the news or you, something's going on with you guys. It's just disappointing. And the thing for me was that show was just plain old disappointing to me. There was no real games at the Sony press conference. None whatsoever. There was a God of War game. But they didn't show any gameplay. This is what was actually poor throughout basically all the press conferences at the show at E3 this year. None of them showed any actual gameplay footage of the games. They showed gameplay montage trailers, but none of them played any of these games live on stage, which really annoys the fuck out of me because I'm like, that's what I want to see. I want to see you guys play it in action, see how it, it plays and how much fun you're having. And nobody did that. And for Sony, it's even worse because you got a new God of War title coming out soon, sometime down down the road, and you haven't shown you shown us another trailer or some sorts, but you haven't showed us too much gameplay on stage at all. You showed your stupid Spider-Man game at the very end by Insomnia Games, which I'm sure it's going to be a good game, but it's on a wrong platform because it's only on one platform. They're not releasing it on multiple platforms because it's Sony and. They don't want it to release on other platforms. And, uh, yeah, kind of bummer. So Sony, what did they have to show? I don't know. They were talking about some stuff. I don't even know what they were showing. It was so, I didn't even write down any show notes for it because it was so, I just, I just, there was nothing there. They had, what, Detroit? there that detroit whatever robot thing they had nothing gran turismo even though i hear they were talking about gran turismo sport outside the press conference why they want to have that inside the press conference they didn't talk many games at least none that i would be interested in and uh it was just very bland there's nothing i can really talk about sony's press conference because i don't even remember anything at all about it except the detroit uh game and and that uh Oh, I'm trying to think. And then the God of War was there in limited capacity. Otherwise, they were like, oh, there's a new there's a new uh, re-remaster of the uh, Shadow of the Colossus is coming out on the PS4 now in a remastered mastered version because, you know, they came out with it for the PS3. Now they're coming out with that same game on the PS4. But nothing new. Where's all the new games, Sony? Where's all the games? You selling these PS4s? You're saying like, like you're selling them like crazy, and these PS4 Pros. But yet, where are our games? Where are the games? Oh, Call of Duty. Oh, whoopie doo You got Call of Duty everywhere. You got all these other games everywhere. But where are your games, Sony? What What's Sony doing? 
I don't know what Sony's doing. I don't know anything that Sony's doing because they haven't made any sense. And it's a shame. It's a crime shame, and it's pathetic. Say it the least. Um, Sony, I gave you a pour because it was so bad. That press conference was so bad, Sony, that I didn't remember a damn thing for, from it except for a little bit of God of War that I seen, which wasn't even real gameplay or anything. Uh, it was just uh, a vi- videoed uh, version of it. And, um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. So, Sony, you got to pour from me, Mr. Mike, for this year's E3. I, I'm sorry to say it, but you guys didn't bring anything to the table. And I hope that that's draws better to Xbox and the Xbox One or the Xbox One X. I hope that draws more people towards that platform because they're bringing out their A games and bringing out more stuff and more more games and stuff like the, like I said there was mostly games and backwards compatibility and Crackdown 3 and everything else over at the Microsoft press conference but then you went to Sony and it's like God of War Spider-Man Detroit nothing else nothing else nothing else sad but true so, okay, now we got to get into the final category. And these guys, you know, these guys have been doing pretty well. And even though the press uh, video conference, it wasn't a conference, it was like a press video, uh, was short. It was like 30 minutes, but then they had like another hour or so on the Treehouse Live presentation after it, where they were actually showing off more of the games and stuff and talking about them and all, which I really liked. Um... In the video, Nintendo had showed off, of course, uh, their great games. Mario Odyssey. Amazing. I didn't know how far that would expand and how crazy it would get. But after, you can use your Mr. Cappy, which is the hat. He's a live hat, Mr. Cappy, to fling onto other creatures and items that can be interacted with. You can turn them into a Mario, basically. You turn those adamant objects and Mario zooms into him, uh, his presence into him, and then it's Mario somewhere else. Mario on a T-Rex, becoming a T-Rex. Mario on a fire hydrant, a bullet bill, and you're going in these wacky crazy lands, and they're everywhere, and it's not your traditional Mario game. It's more like a Mario 64 esque kind of a game. But a really good graphics and a gameplay. Uh... They showed off a lot of stuff at the Nintendo uh, conference. Like I said, Mario, that Mario, um, that Mario uh, Odyssey was just really big. And it was really crazy. And everybody that was watching it, including yours truly, was like, wow. Crazy, but great. And they showed off a lot of great games as well. They showed off some FIFA 18, Splatoon 2, Rocket League for their... Their trailers, Rocket League's coming to the Switch now finally, and a lot of people are happy about it. They have some RPGs like Xenoblade and Xenoblade Chronicles. A uh, new Kirby game looks very colorfully fun. Uh, I've seen the new Kirby uh, title. It looked pretty cool. Uh, with four-player support for Kirby uh, in 2018, it's coming out. Um, they talk about the Pokemon Tournament Deluxe with multiplayer battles. Eh... No, people want a real Pokemon game, 
So when they did, even though they didn't have anything to show off, when they announced that the Pokemon Company or Poke Freak, uh, part of the Pokemon Company, was making the next Pokemon RPG game for the Switch, I was like, oh hell yeah, oh hell yeah. Um, so Pokemon is coming to the Switch in some way. Uh, they're just working on it, and then we'll see a brand new Pokemon game maybe in a two years or so to come out on the Nintendo Switch. Um, that should be pretty interesting. Uh, Metro Prime 4, for you people that like Metro Prime games, has been announced to be in development. Uh, this Yoshi Cardboardish game uh, that had a unique feel and all that, that looked really cool. I like Yoshi's Woolly World. That looked cool. This is this time it's like a cardboardish type of world and Yoshi's like cardboard but really good cardboard. It looked like uh, something from Little Big Planet and they were showing that off a bit. But it's they announced that it was coming out in 2018, I guess. I don't know when in 2018, probably soon 2018. But there was no title given for this Yoshi game, so there was no title. But they had a release date or a release time frame. A release window. A release, not date. <laughs> uh, um, they talked about a little bit of Zelda going into the Skyrim uh, thing. They talk, They showed off more of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Bell. Of course they showed that amazing Mario Odyssey presentation after the show. But like I said, what do you expect for 30 minutes? I think they we got a lot of bang out of our buck for 30 minutes. And this is more than 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of tired. That's why I'm jumping around a little bit. But uh, definitely, Nintendo brought some A-game. I wish they would announce at least a couple more titles. Like Mario Maker, Smash Brothers or something like that. Or even like Fortune Street coming on the platform or... Mario Party or something, which I'm sure those are all in the works. But all in all, Nintendo, you did pretty good. You did a pretty good job at your this year's press conference. So I gave you guys a great, because you guys did great. There was nothing that bored me about your presentation. It was quick, to the point. There you go, right from a video, folks. Right to, to the point, from a video. And it was a great, uh, great E3 from uh, Nintendo. Now, uh, what was I thinking? I was thinking of something. I was thinking of something about Nintendo. Oh, yeah, that there's Nintendo. I guess Regifies Man and them were talking about how they're still struggling to keep up with su- supply for the Nintendo Switch out here. Well, just to let you guys know, there were when I went to my local Best Buy a couple days ago, I noticed that they had a lot of sh- stock of Nintendo Switches on hand. They had a couple on some shelves, and then they had a whole bunch on the top back rack where they keep all the consoles, and I'm like, okay, it's about, what? Uh, t- I don't even know how many there were. There's a good handful of them. So, I don't know how much of a shortage it is around elsewhere, but here in western New York, if you want one, just go to your local GameStop or... Your local GameStop store and, uh, you know, pick it up, play it, have fun. Yeah, I don't know what I was saying there. Uh, um, yeah, Nintendo. Great job, Nintendo. You guys brought your games. Uh, but like I said, GameStop, Best Buy, 
they all have the switches in stock. Uh, pretty much, like I said, Best Buy has it in stock here. But that's over here. Everybody's different elsewhere. I can understand that. I can chill to that. Enough of me doing that stuff. Enough of me doing the yum. Okay, everybody, I'm back. I'm, I'm kind of in resting mode now. I'm sorry about that. I'm in my vacation, vacation resting mode, and I've been working really hard on roofing and stuff after E3 and doing all that stuff and doing a lot of clean-outs of my house and stuff. That's why I didn't get you the, the, this podcast last night because I was just so out of it and so tired. And then this morning, I'm still out of it this tired because I woke up early for some weird reason. I think it, the cats woke me up or something. I, and once I wake up, I can't go back to sleep for a while. So uh, <laughs> be patient with me. Um, so that was all the press conferences that happened. Like I said, there was a couple good ones. There was one poor one. Everybody was good except Sony. Sony was like, ugh. And I can't believe Sony is how big they're touted and how they're always saying, oh, yeah, we bring you the games. We bring you the games. Yeah, you bring the hardware, but I don't know why people buy that hardware. There's no games unless if you're buying some Japanese game, some Asian Japanese game all the time. I'm not. That's what I don't play a lot. Is this a, those Asian Japanese games a lot? Now there might be some that are interesting and something I want to play, but mostly I want to see where our first party, third party titles that we can play on our Switches, Xboxes, etc., etc. And Sony didn't show off anything that would be interesting or would get me to buy a PS4 someday and say, "Oh yeah, now the PS4 is worth it." No, nothing. Not a single. Not a single thing. And, of course, they didn't talk about Vita because that's a dead duck. But uh, everybody else, even Nintendo, did great this year. And I'm thankful for that. You know, not too many games, but just enough games to get us through another year. Plus, I'm sure you got people like me have back catalogs of games to play. So I'm not too worried about it. Plus, uh, pretty soon, I think in August, we got that Sonic Mania coming. I hope you guys are ready for that. I know I am. I cannot wait to play some Sonic Mania. I got that pre-order for my Xbox. I was going to pre-order it for the Switch, but I said, I'll keep it on Xbox for now. Maybe the Switch, I'll get a, another copy for that later down the road or something. I don't know. Um, but what could we see? How about our predictions for next year a little bit? I know it's way too soon or and stuff like that, but um, how about for next year? What do you think we could see or what would you want to see for next year in 2018 for 2018's E3 um me a bunch of games you know the next Tomb Raider game would be number one um I would like to see a new Tomb Raider game I'm ready for another Tomb Raider game Crystal Dynamics or whoever's developing over there at Crystal or not Crystal uh over there at uh yeah Crystal Dynamics or whatever yeah um yeah, I want to see another Tomb Raider game. I'm ready for Laura's next adventure. Laura's. Um, Switch-based versions of Mario Maker and Super Smash Brothers. Definitely. I want to see, I want to hear at least that they're in the works or something for people. Maybe uh, maybe uh, that uh, Fortune Street game will hopefully get ported to uh, the Switch. Why not? A lot of people are buying the Switches. Why not port another Fortune Street there? Or, you know... Uh, Mario Party. That was something I don't have in my list. Mario Parties are always fun. And usually each system gets their own Mario Party. So maybe 
Uh, maybe we will see something like that. Uh, probably in the next Halo game. Maybe they'll announce the next Halo game. They might not show any game footage or anything at all. But I'm sure next Halo will be coming coming out next year. And they'll be you know, teasing it a little bit. Maybe they'll show off something. But I want to hold my breath on that. And they'll announce that it'll come out on October or something. But I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to have another Halo game or something. That's in the works to come out sooner than later. Because they want to make money off that franchise. Uh, the next Elder Scrolls or Fallout Adventure from Bethesda. Most likely. Most definitely. Depends on... Uh, uh, depends on... Uh, what they got, what they what they have to offer, what they think they're gonna uh, shoot out to us, and I'm sure it's gonna be one of those. You know, Elder Scrolls and Fallout are just two great adventures that open world adventures that people want to play over and over again, like me. Uh, more Switch titles, of course. I was just talking about that, like Mario Maker, Smash Brothers. I don't know, uh, Mar- uh, Fortune Street. That's not Nintendo's, but you know. Fortune Street, uh, yeah, other stuff. Other titles from uh, Switch, for the Switch. You know, Pokemon, I know they're doing. Uh, but, I don't know. They could, I, I want to see Mario Party on the Switch. That'd be interesting. That shouldn't be too hard for them. I don't know. There's there's a lot of games out there, and anything could be on the Switch. And I know a lot of third parties are like, oh, yeah, we're going to back up the Switch. We're going to bring some more games to the Switch. Okay. Hopefully. Here's hoping. Let's see here. Oh, the Switch. To get that virtual console on already. Uh, So I can pay you guys money for Super Mario World and other games. So I want to be able to play Super Mario World on my Switch. I want to be able to pay you guys at Nintendo money for virtual console games from Super Nintendo, NES, whatever more powerful systems. And, uh... As I'm going in and out of consciousness here. Um, yeah, Nintendo, they, 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 they like to dance around. They're talking about how they're going to make oh, how they make the experience great if people really want the virtual console. they got to do it right, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, wow, it takes you guys this long to have a former committee on backwards compatibility. Yeah, I'm just reading here. I'm going to be doing a little bit of editing today, I can tell you guys already. Oh, it's just because I'm so out of it. Too much, too much for the week. That's why I'm on vacation mode already uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, what else? Better digital sales, yes. I want better I want better game sales for digital. Whenever there's a sale on a game that's a, like, a, like a physical title in a store or something, I want to see the exact same game be the, on sale on a Microsoft store, on a Sony store, on a Nintendo Switch store or something like that, on any of the gaming stores, I demand to see, you know, a better sale on that stuff because it's digital. There's no physical parts to it, and yet I'm still paying a fortune. That's all I gotta say on that. Uh, more features. This is just a little. This is just a little uh, thing that I want for myself. More features for the Xbox One's uh, media player. You know, it's bland, you can play your media through it and all that, which is great, but I want to be able to resize, like, the picture window, the cropping and all that. I want to be able to do a lot more stuff with that. And I figured they, you know, made it available for us to watch our stuff on there, but they didn't advance it enough to 
do other stuff with it. So that's a guilty pleasure of mine, seeing that. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much uh, all the stuff that I, you know, I came to talk about for E3 2017. I do got a few game news stories here that I'm going to be talking to you guys about, but that's going to be right after this uh, little music break because I said, you know what, because this is going to be a longer show, I think uh, a nice little music break is in order this time around and I can collect myself again so I don't pass out again because I'm just out of it. And I know I keep saying it, but, you know, there's no excuse, but I'm out of it. <laughs> That's because I just want to relax and do my thing. And Hectic, hectic week for a guy. Even though I've been on vacation, it doesn't feel like I've been on vacation because I've been working on my vacation. So why don't we go into a quick music break and then we'll get into the E3 Games news of 2017. How about that? That is coming up next.
Okay, everybody, we are back with the second portion of the E3 Gamer Audio 2017 podcast here. Uh, Aftermath, as I like to call it. And uh, I wanted to do a little bit more extra something-something for this podcast. Not just talk about what went down, what happened. But I wanted to add in some news stories, some news that broke during E3 uh, this year, or the E3 Games news that you did not get at the press conferences. Um, so basically, you know, E3, Nintendo, you know, they like to, to nobody wants you to think that their systems are going to go bleh, or their systems are going to get discontinued or, or cl- shut down or, you know, go into, oh, we're only going to be in the one phase. We're only going to be only switch focused now or something. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that at all. They want you to think, oh, no, 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 you, we're going to be continuing on. So Nintendo, and talking about continuing on, stated that they're going to continue on to support the 3DS beyond 2018. And this is coming from President uh, America, nah, Nintendo of America President and Chief Officer Reggie Fils-Aimé during a press conference interview stating that Nintendo plans to support the Nintendo 3DS past 2018 and you know what they just say this stuff because they just want you to continue to buy the hardware and not have a big slump in hardware sales because they think oh oh we're gonna put move all our development over to the switch which you know that's gonna happen eventually when a pokemon game gets on the switch and other games you know they're gonna phase out the 3ds it's just like how the 3ds phased out the ds or how the ds phased out the game boy advance back in the day remember when they said oh no this this DS is just a, a project of ours. You remember the dual screens and people are like, okay. And they're like, oh, no, you'll still be able to play your games on those other ones. And then eventually, oh, what happened to those? Oh, they're discontinued. Now it's all DS. And then it was 3DS. So that's what happens. It eventually gets phased out. But, you know, they want to sell as much stock as they can and try to sell everybody a more 2D, new 2DSs and 3DSs out there. So they're trying to you know, say something in a nice little way of saying, oh, yeah, we're fully supporting. So Reggie stated that the way we continue to make the Nintendo 3D as vibrant as a platform is first we continue to innovate from the factor standpoint. Fizzme stated that so the new 3D or the new 2DS XL is just the latest for us in having form factor innovation. We know colors are the key differentiators Consumers love the variety of different colors and our very larger screen. And the different form factor in the 2DS family we think is going to drive and continue to drive the 3DS platform. Uh, The other major pillar of Nintendo support is, of course, supporting a handheld with games. Uh, He stated, we're going to continue to bring new content and that's what's going to keep this device vibrant and keep it going well into 2018 and beyond. Fizzime made it clear that though the Nintendo Switch is a portable console, it is a home console and not a replacement for what Nintendo wants to accomplish with the 3DS slash 2DS family. And yes, he can say that, but it's inevitable. We all know this. I know this from past years' experience. And these are years and years of experience. The, th- the Nintendo Switch is supposed to be the end-all be-all of both handheld and console together. In my notion. So what they're doing, they're just saying, well, we got all these new 2DSs coming out. 
soon and new 2DS is coming out and we want to sell our stock of 3DSs and we're going to just keep on selling them until we just decide we're not making any more software for them and then when people stop buying these and then we'll stop making software because first they want people to stop buying 2DS and 3DSs not really wanting to but eventually they're saying when that all phases out by the people then they'll stop making software and then it's just going to be switch ahoy for, for everybody. It doesn't matter if it's considered a portable or not. I know it's a home portable based council, but I'm thinking eventually, I'm thinking because it's 2017 now, 18. I'm thinking 18, 2018, 2019. Uh, I give it two years, one year, one to two years before they phase out the 2DS, 3DS. When you see virtually no titles for it anymore. Uh, there might be a few here and there, but virtually after that, there'll be no more titles for that. And then everybody will be full steam ahead on Switch support. It'll be Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch this, that, this, that. Just like Pokemon, Nintendo Switch. So, that's what I predict. And that's just my one prediction. There could be other predictions out there. Uh, so also at E3 2017, Super Mario Odyssey Co-op has been revealed. I didn't even know this looking at the presentations. I just found this out after Nintendo uh, announced it later uh, in, the, in the show. Uh, well, after the show in uh, you know articles. So Super Mario Odyssey will feature a co-op mode where one of the players will control Mario and the other could control his new magical hat, Cappy. Which is pretty odd, but pretty cool. Uh, the co-op mode is demoed, has been demoed today, or demoed yesterday, during the Nintendo E3 Treehouse livestream, uh, giving folks who couldn't make it to the expo a chance to see Mario and Cappy in action for themselves. In a single-player mode, Mario's hat is integral an integral part because it can be used to capture objects and enemies. During a co-op mode, a prompt appears on screen to show players how to control Mario and Cappy independently. Playing as Mario remains roughly the same as it has always been, as he's been able to run and jump as usual. Meanwhile, with Cappy, players can fly around, attack enemies, and perform actions that Mario cannot otherwise do. Additionally, Cappy is invincible, which means you can play as the magical hat without any concern about getting hurt. Well, he's indestructible. What a, we- what a weird thing for a Cap, to be indestructible. He's indestructible. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey will be released for the Nintendo Switch this October 27th, in which I, Mr. Mike, will be definitely getting and picking up myself up a copy. But that's pretty cool. So if you want a friend that's not really big into games, or a family member that's not big into games or doesn't know how to play games very much, uh, they can play as Cappy or a younger sibling. Perfect. You can play as Mario and do all the hard, fun stuff, and they can play as Cappy and fly around, hit things, capture things, get things for you. That's that's not bad at all. That's pretty cool. I like that idea. That's a great idea. And, uh, hey, that was a pretty interesting secret that they didn't talk about originally on the first part of the treehouse, and I, did, I just found out about it in this article. So talking about bringing wii u games to the switch so this e3 2017 article bringing more wii u games to the switch is an act and is is in an active discussion for nintendo as they put in quotes an active discussion so nintendo isn't ruling out bringing versions of more wii u titles to the nintendo switch 
uh, with Mario Kart 8 now officially the fastest selling Mario Kart game and a deluxe version of Pokken Tournament on the way. Um, Nintendo was asked, or Nintendo of America pres- uh, President Reggie Fizzimé was asked if he sees this is an opportunity to give more Wii U games a second life on Nintendo's new portable console. And he stated that the internal conversations we have is that on one hand, the development teams would love to showcase their content to a wider base, and certainly in a short order, the install base on the Nintendo Switch will be larger than the install base we ended with the Wii U, Fizume stated to press. So there is an, that opportunity. What also drives the discussion, though, is what more will there be? Meaning, let's take Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for his example, he concluded. Uh, it needed to be in a definitive version of the software for the consumer to be um, as excited as they are. Uh, Pokémon Tournament DX with the additional fighters and the additional Pokémon, that was important for it to be an element of the game. Uh, what we're internally resisting is just a pure port versus thinking about how not only do we showcase a game to a wider audience, but how do we make sure that that's something, there's something more. So it's an act, It's always an active discussion. Still not every game can come to the Switch or the 3DS without a careful evaluation on Nintendo's end. And in my opinion, folks, I think they should just bring over a couple more titles like Mario Maker... Uh, maybe Mario Party games. I don't know about the Mario Party game, but Mario Maker, um, Super Smash Bros. You know, titles that they don't... If they want to add stuff to them, like for Mario Maker, add more like a Mario 2 th- theme or something. Or add more s- customizable stuff so we can change more stuff in Mario Maker for the Switch. Because that's, that's one of my dream titles. I love playing Mario Maker at my friend's house. And I would love to have Mario Maker... Uh, for the Switch so I could just play at my house and not have to, oh, that's only on the Wii U. Because I don't have a Wii U. I don't ever want to get a Wii U. Even though I could get a Wii U now for like 199 bucks, it's still way too expensive. Um, so I don't want a Wii U at all. And i got a Switch. And if they can switch that Mario Maker to the Switch, I would be very thankful for that. And then Smash Brothers and a whole bunch of other titles. And then, you know, then you can shut it all down. Then you can keep the rest of the titles on the Wii U and let that die in its rightful death that it needs to be at. And then the Switch could be that new platform that everybody wanted altogether. And a lot of people were saying, well, at first, oh, this Wii, Nintendo Switch thing, I don't know. It's not still not as powerful. Oh, are we going to ever use it on consoles and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I think it's perfect. This is what I wanted. This is what I got. I think it's a great system altogether. I haven't had any bad thoughts except for where's my virtual console games and titles and virtual console in, in general for the system. And I know, like, Jeff Gersman and them say, oh, it shouldn't be called virtual console. It's not a virtual console inside a console. Well, technically it is. It's like a... A Super NES or a Nintendo inside a console that you can purchase your games from and play them on that console. So it is like a virtual console inside a console. They just don't like the naming of it. You know, the the rendition of the name of virtual console. I like the name of virtual console because it's like having a original NES, Super NES, whatever in the palm of your hand slash playing it on a console. So why not? 
And the Switch is big enough, and if they want to sell gangbusters and make a ton of money, if they do the virtual console right this time and they provide us with as many games as we can buy or get and from, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, whatever, whoever wants to jump on board, they're going to have themselves a nice winner there. Tons of digital software to sell, better for everybody. And I'm sure that's coming. In what capacity, I do not know. I just want Super Mario World. (laughs) Let me have Super Mario World on my Switch, please. Thank you. So, talking about um, active logins or an Xbox Live login for Minecraft on the Switch, uh, which is required... Uh, Minecraft is getting a big new update soon that unifies it across most platforms except the PlayStation devices because Sony doesn't like Microsoft all in general and they think that Minecraft is unsafe in some way because they're crazy. Uh, As a result, Minecraft players on the Nintendo Switch will be able to play with those on Xbox One or PC. One of the interesting consequences uh, of the new unified platform is Nintendo Switch owners will have to log into Xbox Live to play their game online. Head of Xbox confirmed the news uh, that while speaking on the Giant Bomb E327 live show in a discussion about cross-platform play, uh, Jeff Gersman asked about logging in, and Spencer replied that it'll be the same system across all devices. It's an Xbox Live account. That's our gaming social network, he stated. Uh, We use Xbox Live as a way to make sure we know our players are on our players are controls around the parental controls and other things that we put into our platform that are there. And you, as you're buying things in Minecraft, you want to make sure that you have them available on other platforms as well. So we hear, we have to know who you are. If you um, have a realm that you're uh, created on the PC and you want to get it on the Switch, we have to have your an identity system. And we just use Xbox Live, he stated. That's all they use because that's the central hub of... That's the easiest way they can do it, I guess. So Gersman also asked if players will be able to earn achievements. He stated, I don't know yet, he replied. I'm not. I'm guessing no. And that's a collaborative relationship between Nintendo and I. Uh, they don't have achievements on their platform. If they want us to, I would love to be able to do it. Uh, the relationship with Nintendo is incredibly strong. We obviously did the Mario Mashup pack into Mar- Minecraft that doesn't happen that often. And he said it, and he stated that, you know what? Hey, it's going to be fun no matter what. And Minecraft on the Switch, I hear, is fun. I don't have it yet for the Switch for one reason, because I'm waiting for the physical version. When that comes out, I'll I'll buy that. I'll pay the I'll pay the Nintendo tax. To get uh, Minecraft physical version for my Switch instead of just having digital. And I, I don't know when that's coming out yet. I haven't heard of it when it's coming out yet. And uh, hopefully someday it, uh, I'll find out when that comes out for the Switch. I would love it to come out for the Switch for a physical version. They just I think it's coming out for the fall. I think it would be fall of this year that Minecraft for Switch will come out in a physical form. Hopefully. It shouldn't be too long. You know, because why would it take any longer if people are going to buy it like gangbusters, you know? They even got that in Minecraft Story Mode, I think, as a physical game on the Switch. Go figure. So talking about how Sony won't allow Minecraft across or cross-platform play on PlayStation consoles, 
Uh, Microsoft announced uh, that Minecraft will be updated uh, this fall with 4K graphics and complete cross-platform play, meaning that players on PC consoles and mobile devices will all be able to play together, with one notable exception of Sony, of course, because they they're they're anti they're still anti Microsoft and stuff. They don't want them in their ecosystem. They don't want them messing around with their stuff. You know, because it's like, oh, it's an inferior thing coming on our accounts or on our platforms, and we don't want them having our their toes in our system. You know, they think they think all this bad stuff's gonna happen. I'm like, first off, Sony, what kids games do you have on there? This first off, this is a Microsoft game. Well, now that now that they own Mojang for forever, but this is their title going on your platform. They know what's safe and what's not safe about it, and they know. To keep how to keep players safe because they've been in the industry for a very long time. Uh, but Sony's a Japanese company with moral their own morals and stuff, and they like to screw things up like that, which I'm sure would piss off a lot of uh, PlayStation players. Because if Nintendo allows them to do it, why can't Sony? Uh, which declined to join. Uh, will be playing with Sony, which declined to join the party. The reason for that seemingly odd refusal, PlayStation Global Sales and Marketing head Jim Ryan stated to Eurogamer that Sony believes it's not it's uh, got to be mindful of our responsibility to our install base. Minecraft, the demographic playing that, you know as well as I do, it's all ages, but it's also very young. We have a contract with the people who go online with us, and we look after them, and they are within the PlayStation curated universe, which is not very good, folks. Let's just say their their PlayStation curated online universe kind of sucks. So I don't think they have a very good good uh, parental thing going on. Uh, Ryan stated, exposing that uh, what in many cases are children to external influences we have no ability to manage or look after. It's uh, something we have to think about very carefully. So basically because they don't have any hands in the cookie jar of Minecraft, the game, meaning they can't impose their own rules and situations, they don't want any part of this external thing, even though it's a part of the game. And I think it's just a very bad decision on Sony. I think it'll hurt them in in the long run when a lot of Minecraft players just go on xbox pc and all that and not play on their system because they're being short-sighted because they don't want microsoft to have control over this apparently even though it's their game uh he acknowledged that nintendo uh which has far more obvious appeal to younger gamers was happy to get a board stating that everybody has to take their own decision make take and make their own decisions and he also left the door open uh ever so slightly for a situation to change I don't think anything is ever a done deal, he stated. Uh, anybody who is dogmatic in the, that matter is typically a fool. Uh, Microsoft made a position on the matter uh, clear shortly after the cross-platform update was announced, stating that, you know what? I think uh, they think that Sony's being kind of stupid on the matter. And you know what? I could agree on that. I think Sony's being narrow-minded on this whole situation. It's Minecraft. What external beliefs are going to be on there? First off, people don't really talk to each other when they game. Two, they're going to be playing alike on this thing. And I'm sure they think alike on this thing. And three, it's like, it's a game. It's a fun little game. If Nintendo's doing it, 
Sony, you should definitely be allowing the cla- cl- cross-platform. And maybe eventually they will. I don't know. I think they're just because they're competition and because they're skittish on the whole openness. You know, they were the ones that were always making fun of Microsoft on, oh, closed ecosystems, all this stuff. Oh, share to play your games and all that. You know, they were touting, here, I want to borrow you a game. Here, here's a game disc. And now that Microsoft's doing everything, you know, for the consumers... And that they're saying, hey, we want to be open platform for some of these games because we, we don't care as long as you're playing and some people are playing on our system and you want to join, go ahead. We don't care. We're still selling copies of whatever games we're selling or, you know, or you're buying. So here you go. And Sony's like, nah, you got to play on our platform or not. Nah. Because they want, they want people that play Minecraft on their platform to only be playing on their platform. See? Because they'll make more money on the sales of those games. But if they're allowed to play on anybody's platform, it's like, oh, they don't get all those game sales. So I think it's all a business thing and less than a, oh, we're caring about the kids' safety, about people's safety online playing games because it's so bad. Well, it is bad, but, you know, that's been bad for long ago. And now that, less, like I said, less people talk to each other online, it doesn't really matter. And if you're playing with somebody, you're usually playing if you're friends with stuff like Minecraft and stuff, so shouldn't matter it really shouldn't it's just sony not being open-minded and that's my belief right there so another e3 2017 story xbox one avatars are being overhauled again again folks and they're gonna be really awesome looking and i was looking at them i'm like wow talk about an overhaul so since the days of the Xbox 360, players have been able to create an Xbox Live avatar, a customizable digital person that serves as an identifier for your profile. Although they rarely uh, get much attention anymore these days, that hasn't stopped Microsoft from working on a significant overhaul of the cu- customization system. Uh, and announced that Avatars 2.0, a new more robust avatar creator, uh, that has a lot more options. You can see a gallery of some of the those avatars if you go to Google and you, YouTube Avatars 2.0 or Xbox Avatars 2.0. Um, on its Xbox Daily Show at E3 2017, Microsoft revealed the revamp detailing some of the changes that are coming. First and foremost, this is not just new items and sliders. The entire avatar creator has been rebuilt in the Unity engine. Larry uh, Major Nelson, Herb, designer Catherine Storm, and project manager Brian Schaffner, Schaffler explained that the, new, uh, that the system now supports a much higher level of diversity as a result of this new engine. Our new avatars are built with inclusively, absolutely in mind, with the absolutely more options, Storm stated. We want... W- people to feel like we have endless options to really reflect who they are at the end of the day avatars are meant to for whatever you want the digital self to represent Schaefer stated uh, part of the effort for greatly diverse uh, for greater diversity is that the new system won't restrict players to wearing a particular gender's clothing so they're being unisexed now so they're allowing you to be a he she whatever a he she or a guy wearing girls clothes so that's pretty cool. They're being open-minded on that. That's cool because I'm sure a lot of gay, lesbian players play on Xbox and a lot of people that are, oh, I'm a guy, but I like wearing women's clothing. They're also on there. 
diversity. Anything available can be worn by any avatar regardless of gender or appearance. Nice. Gender neutrality. Good job, Microsoft, for finally doing that. Took you long enough, but finally doing it. Finally, the new engine allows for a much greater uh, compatibility between item and avatar. Uh, Statler explained that the goal was to make it that the item's clothing mounts and more feel like they're part of the character. Microsoft hopes that this will create possibilities for better games that integrate avatars into their gameplay. The new system will be released this fall for Windows 10 and Xbox One. My, my note on this is that I wish they would put avatars back in the limelight. Now, you should allow me to put an avatar for my background. I should be able to get an avatar as my background on my home on my Xbox One or something. I would like them to become in the limelight a little bit more because I do like avatars a lot. They just have not utilized them that much, and it, it kind of makes me a little sad that I'm like, I really want this, but, you know, I, I can't get it yet because, you know, I can't see my avatar. Like right now on my Xbox, the only time I see my avatar is through my app or through my uh, Xbox on Windows here, my Xbox app on Windows platform here. Otherwise, I don't ever see my avatar. And I, I wish they would put them more in the forefront, you know, you know, keep them on the side as my digital assistant or something, and then I can utilize them more. But I don't know what they if they're going to ever have any plans to do so on that. I wish they would, but I don't know. It's something. I'm glad that they're continuing to, you know, let us create our avatars. It's like in Nintendo. They're... Their me, our me's, used to be all all in the forefront. Now they're there, but they're in the background, like Microsoft's doing. And it's like, uh, at least you're still do- doing it, but you're wasting so much effort on something that people don't really see. And I don't know, I, unless if you're looking at somebody's gamer picture or something, you don't really see them, and it's kind of a bummer to me. It, they gotta they gotta put them back in the spotlight. I like my avatars, and I like my me's. I like them a lot, especially when they look exactly like me, because that's what I try to do. I don't make them look like weird people. I make them look like myself. Why not? So Microsoft E3 2017, the Xbox One backwards compatibility for original Xbox games won't be as extensive as the 360 games. Uh, so basically in this story, I'm going to keep it short because there is a lot of talking about Basically because there's a lot of licensing, extra licensing deals, and it's harder to, you know, get the, those licenses for those original Xbox games, you know, and to convince publishers to allow them to be on this, the newest platform to be able to be played on there. It is going to be very hard to line up a good portion of the games. So it might not be as big as po- as you would think. They got it working. They said you can they could get these games up on there in a flash you know uh but it's harder to do so because of what they say in the deals is that it's a licensing even though it's on their it was on their original platform it's harder to get it back up now if they can get those deals together with publishers and artists and whatnot and those games do start pouring in from the original Xbox onto the Xbox three Xbox One playable lists with 360 games. I'd be happy. What I want to see, and this is just my personal my personal being here, folks. For in order for the Xbox um, 
to Xbox original games to Xbox One playability, backwards compatibility. I want that original Grand Theft Auto collection that I have for Xbox to be playable on my Xbox One. And that um, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis game, which you get to create your own theme parks. Those are the games that I would be highly... Well, those are my personal games that I want highly to be backwards compatible on the Xbox One. That would complete me. Then I can say for my 360, I'd be like, it's almost almost where I don't need a 360. I'll still keep my 360 because it's fully backwards compatible with Xbox One and or Xbox Original and 360 games. But you know, if I want to play an an, X, an Xbox One, that'd be even better because then all my games are right there for me and under one roof which I really like. And going forward, Microsoft knows that they want to do this going forward where they want to have continuous backwards compatibility. So they're going to continue. So when we get our Xbox whatever down in the near future, the actual new console, not just an upgrade to 4K and all that, but an actual next generation console where you gotta can't play the new games on the console... That's going to be backwards compatible with all these games that they have backwards compatible on Xbox One. They're going to be backwards compatible with 360, whatever original Xbox games. All the Xbox One games, I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to have. And it's going to be all backwards compatible on the Xbox whatever. So hopefully they can get a good slew of games from the original Xbox onto the 360, or I should say Xbox One. I keep saying 360, but I meant Xbox One. And then uh, makes a lot of people like me happy. Because there's a lot of great Xbox original titles out there that I would love to play. That, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to buy, you know, I can play on my 360, but, you know, I play Xbox One. So, why not? It makes sense, right? So, let's see here. We got this last... Well, there's two news stories. One's not really big. But uh, Microsoft isn't making money on the $500 of that Xbox One X. So, everybody's saying, Oh, you remember when I said I knew it was going to be $499.99? And everybody's like, Well, that's so expensive. And, oh, they should have made it cheaper to be more competitive. Well, here's the thing. The hardware in that Xbox One X, as of now is probably at least a bit more than $500. I don't know how much more, but the memory that it uses in there, the amount of memory and the memory that it does utilize in there, is not cheap. That alone drives the cost up for that console. Then you're saying about the custom CPU-GPU chip that they uh, put in there, the new one, to make you know 4K happen. That's not cheap. And then, you know, you still got your Blu-ray drive, which you got to license out the Blu-ray functionality of that. That isn't cheap. And uh, making it smaller and the power supply still internal, that's not cheap either. So 500 bucks for a thing console that plays 4K games and does 4K videos and plays 4K content is not a bad price for a little box that they made really small. They have, they have this vapor chamber that they created for it to keep it cool, extra cool and stuff. There's so much technology in this console. 500 bucks, 499 $500 is not a bad price. But they're still losing money on it because this stuff is expensive. And until that stuff comes down in price, they won't make a profit until, I don't know, later down the line. It depends on how many of these they sell. 
you know? Uh, so people were saying, oh, it's so expensive for these. Well, yeah, well, sometimes it is. Um, they are taking a little bit of a loss on each council, but they didn't, they're not going to tell you how much they are, at least not until somebody rips it apart and prices out each of the components and says, well, yeah, it costs them this much to make it around, and this is how much they don't make, or this is how much they're losing. You know, they're in it for software sales. They're just trying to make a good box so you can play your games on. And because this is a premium box and you don't have to buy it, like Phil Spencer stated, if you don't have a 4K TV and you don't think you're getting one anytime soon and you're not going to utilize this, get an Xbox One X S, he says. An Xbox One S. Don't get an Xbox One S or X, sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. Get an Xbox One S. (laughs) Shit, Mike. (laughs) Get the original Xbox One X. Don't get the Xbox One X because it's not for you. And he says, don't worry about it. You're still going to be able to play all those games on that console. You just won't be playing them in 4K. So people that are a little sheepish right now that says, I don't know if I'm going to want to get the Xbox One X. I don't know if I should. Well, do you have a 4K TV? That is one. Two, do you have that extra disposable income? So it wouldn't matter. And three, are you going to be pl- care about? Do you care about 4K gaming? Because if not, to any of those, then you just better get a regular Xbox One S version, like I got. And it plays 4K movies. So if you just down the road you do get a 4K TV and you just want to play 4K movies on it, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. 4K HDR movies can be played through your Xbox One S. So problem is solved. But if you're one of those people that wants to play your Xbox One games in high 4K fidelity, well, then that's when you get the Xbox One X. X. (laughs) That's for you. And then if you decide to get one, well, the Xbox One X will be launching on November 7th, priced at $500 or $499.99. And I think that is still a good deal because remember... When I bought my Xbox One, when it first came out, when it first launched, that was $499.99. That was expensive as hell. And I had it with that stupid Connect 2, which I kind of liked the Connect 2, but it just, I only liked it for the voice commands. Otherwise, it was nothing, nothing more. And I paid 500 bucks for that. This comes with all brand new hardware, all high, you know, Big chips and big chipsets and stuff, very powerful, and you're getting it for 500 bucks. That's that's like equivalent to a PC. You cannot build a PC like that for 500 bucks right now. What that has in there, no, nothing comes close. You could, but it's going to cost you way more than 500 bucks. Just saying, just saying on that notion. But people don't understand that. They're just like looking at the price tag and going, "Whoa, 500 dollars for a console!" But this is a console that. That's 4K, folks. And it's going to be around for a very long time. Just saying. Just put out my sense there. So, and to finally end up the show, before I end the show, uh, the last news is today, I was going to say for tomorrow, but for today, uh, to start off the next portion of the games with gold, Watch Dogs for the Xbox One and Dragon Age Origins for the Xbox 360 are now free to get on your Xbox One for backwards compatibility and for free games. So Watch Dogs is going to be available from 
today, 616 or June 16th to July 15th. And Dragon Age Origins is going to be available from June 16th today to July 15th as well. So two great games. Well, I guess. I don't know. Watch Dogs, I heard, wasn't that good. But I'm going to play it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it eventually. And then Dragon Age Origins, that was a good game I hear from Bioware. Two great games for free with your Games with Gold subscription. And you know what? I got a Games with Gold subscription. And these are just two more games that I don't have to buy, especially Watch Dogs. I was thinking about trying to maybe pick up and play Watch Dogs because I always seen it for like $20 or less. Now I don't even have to worry about that. I'll just say, hey, you know what? I'm getting it. I'm getting it for free. So neener, neener. I don't have to pay a cent for it. That's good for me. Very good for me. So, um, yeah, there you have it, folks. There you freaking have it. Um, and that is the show. I got nothing more to talk about. I just gave you all the E3 news that happened at the rest of the E3 show, the aftermath. The show is now over. E3 is over until next year, until 2018, until June 12, 2018, or before, because don't forget, they're going to have press conferences on Monday, Sunday, and Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I, it was an okay show. You're, there was some good stuff, and then there was Sony, which they seemed to be all negative throughout the whole show. The press conference didn't show many games. They're being negative on Minecraft, and I'm being negative on them now. I'm sorry. I'm playing my PS3 here with uh, God of War, and I'm being negative on them all the time, but... Shit, Sony, you gotta get your act together, guys. You say you're on the top of the world with game console sales, but where's the games? Where are the game bros? Where's the game bros? Still not seeing that Gran Turismo. I know you touted Gran Turismo Sport, but you didn't even show it at your press conference. Why? Microsoft brought over 40 games. They brought all the games. Tons of games on the Xbox One. And that Star Wars Battlefront 2 is looking sweet. Oh, I can't wait to play that. Even the multiplayer looked pretty fun. With the droids versus the the bad guys versus bad guys. That was funny. Oh. And then, like, the two Mario games we're getting this year. Two Mario games. Mario plus Rabbids. Kingdom Fighter, whatever. Kingdom Battle. And then Mario Odyssey. Oh, my God. Two Mario games. Two different Mario games. But a lot of Mario fun for my Switch. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. And other games. There was a lot of a slew of other games out there, but those were the ones that I take away because those are the those are the fun that I bring to myself. You know, I like to bring that kind of fun to me. And let's hope that uh, twenty eighteen more people will step up and they'll bring more games. I, I I'm just wondering how Bethesda is going to have a press conference next year. You know, because this year they didn't really have that much. It was short. It was very late. They brought a couple things, but not too much. That new Wolfenstein game looked pretty good. I still got to play the one that I have. But we'll see. We'll see on all that. So, uh, everybody, thank you for listening to all my E3 Gamer 2017 podcasts. It was a blast to do them. Even this one, even though I was super tired at the beginning, I got my some energy back for this. I think for reading news, games news, it always gets me happier. I always get a rush of adrenaline going on here. I'm rushing on adrenaline. Adrenaline. I wish I was doing that when I was talking in the beginning of the show, but it was still fun. You know, even though I was tired in the beginning, but now I'm all awake now and perky. Like I just drank a whole cup of coffee or something, which I didn't drink anything. I just drank some water. Um, 
It was a great E3. I love E3. It's like my other Christmas. This is why I take off this week for E3. Not just my birthday, even though my birthday's during the E3 week. Um, but I take off for that, and I take off for E3 every year because, you know what, that's what I believe in. That's my thing. And because nobody else wants to take, take, take off this week, I'm great. I'm glad. You know, it's my week. It's my week for me. Uh, so, as I am saying this, I'm going to edit and upload this podcast to you guys. I hope you enjoyed. And if you guys got any comments or questions for me, I'd like to chat about games. Guys, let's talk about games. Whatever games you guys felt were interesting, what games you felt that um, that you were interested that I was talking about, yeah, let's coexist. Let's talk. I- I'll talk to you guys. Email me at corecast2011 at gmail.com. That is corecast2011 at gmail.com is my email address, which you can t- contact me at. I love it when people contact me. I love hearing what they got to say, and I love hearing, um, you know, giving you my two cents. Also, follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Juju2Cast. That's at symbol J-U-J-U-2-C-A-S-T, at Juju2Cast on Twitter. My Twitter handle, I'm Mr. Mike. That's my Twitter handle. And tweet me out your comments, questions, anything about E3, about the podcast shows. You know, I love it. And like always... Visit my website at juju2cast.com. That is juju2cast.com, the juju2cast network of things, podcasts, articles, videos, and much more. That is juju2cast.com. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, everything about this stuff because it's all free. It's all I like to do in my spare time. If I sound good or not, I like to do it. And E3, I don't know. I cannot praise E3 anymore. I should go to E3 sometime, but, you know... It's just one of those things where I got to get a press badge and stuff, and I would like to have somebody else with me so I can have two people on the show floor to cover it and not just me. You know, I got my excuses. They're my excuses, but... uh, And I just don't feel like it's cost-effective enough because after what I heard about this year's E3 to the public and all the bads, I'm like, eh, I'll hold off on that until they actually get their acts together for maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm Mr. Mike, sent out from the final podcast for this year's E3 2017. I call this Aftermath. This is after the whole E3 uh, press conferences and all that. And I'll catch you guys in 2018 for another E3 um, pod gamer E3 gamer podcast. Uh, and um, what can I say to close the show? I don't know. It's been fun. It's been fun. And I will return to my normal podcast schedule, well, sort of schedule, uh, next week, the following weekend. Not this weekend coming up, but the following weekend, I will be back podcasting my normal podcast that I do every weekend. And uh, I'll see you guys again next year for E3. So this is Mr. Mike saying game on, game hard, World Conquest, E3 Gamer 2017 Aftermath is now over.